0: fall is in the air which means time for pumpkins football and lots and lots of video games for which you will need lots and lots of podcasts welcome to triple click where we bring the games to you this week we are talking about our triple click picks the best 10 games that we would recommend to all you fine listeners out there so let's pick them shall we I'm Jason Schreier.
1: I'm Kirk Hamilton.
2: And I'm Maddie Myers. Hello.
0: Welcome back for another week of Triple Click coming at you. Another week. From our offices. And now
2: with a slightly more baritone Kirk Hamilton. I know.
1: This is, this is, I am (laughs) fairly sick as we record this and everyone's going to get to hear what it would sound like if my voice was like a six, actually about a tritone lower. lower. I could, I could hit it a low E flat Uh yesterday Uh and I'm, I'm actually kind of, Gauging my recovery from this cough that I have <laughs> by how low my lowest note is. So like, yeah, if it's, it'll be an F tomorrow, and then a G, and at some point I'll be back up to an A, and then I'll know that I'm. You could. Just oh, you think 100%. it's going to keep
2: getting getting lower? Like, you no, think it'll keep getting higher to go. It'll oh, get, oh, oh, my oh.
1: lowest note will get higher as I get better. Um, this is the one upside of being sick is that you know being able to be like Law! and sing yeah, down it's there. Great. It's kind of it's kind of fun. Very powerful. I gotta spend a couple <laughs> days being a bass. I
0: think mean, you should just record yourself saying the same thing and then just put them all together as like a harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, as
1: mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like build a, a nice big E flat mm-hmm. major mm-hmm. nine chord. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) All right.
0: Before we get to the
1: show, we have to,
0: of course, inform everybody out there that we are a listener supported podcast. We are only able to make this show because of all of you fine folks out there. If you would like to make the show happen, go to MaximumFun.org slash join become a member of our network Maximum Fun and support us. And your money Make the goes show towards us making this thing every week, plus yeah. making bonus episodes every single month for all of you fine members out there. And if you join, you will not only get a massive backlog of bonus episodes, including last month's, which was on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which we we dove deep into that game and the story and everything about it. And Mm -hmm. this month's episode for September, we are doing an episode about AI. And we're talking about a couple of AI movies called Her and Ex Machina. And then we're going to talk about AI in general. Should be a very fun episode And, of course, many, many others. So, once again, go to MaximumFun.org, slash join, become a member. But, as for today, this is not a bonus episode. This is a regular episode. Did you guys know that? An important
2: episode. Kind of a special
1: episode. Not a bonus episode. It is is a special special?
0: episode. Today, this week, we are updating the Triple Click Picks. So, the Triple Click Picks are a list of 10 games that TripleClick officially recommends those games. They're, they're allowed to put triple click picks in their promo trailers. They, they <laughs> get the right. stamp they of all approval. Do that, they do as mm-hmm. everyone knows. They do. They get the stamp of approval from TripleClick. So these are 10 games that the three of us kind of unabashedly recommend. They're games that we would mm-hmm. be happy to tell anybody out there to play. They're games we're really stoked about. They're all pretty mm-hmm. modern and we we games. Mm-hmm. games we talk about a lot on the podcast. We refer to
2: them mm-hmm. a lot. They're part of our our canon here at triple click yep. and, and mm-hmm. what we what we hold dear in terms of the art form yep it just just classics just just a couple of classic videos. modern games classics more than a couple yeah, that's true all, all fairly 10 recent,
0: 10 so specifically yeah. really five couples we pick the
2: random number of 10 Maddie really <laughs> it's,
0: it's a f- five couples that's true of it's classic five couples games um, <laughs> so yeah so that's, here's what we are refer to the number 10 so yep. all these games are pretty modern and our rule of thumb in general is like they're looking at modern games so here's what we're going to do today we're going to go over the list of 10 games and we'll read them in a sec this is the we like last updated these last November, November of 2022. Um, We're going to go over them and then we're going to talk about some games that have come out since our last update that could potentially make the list. And then we'll kind of, the three of us will kind of mull over live on the air, which games should go, what they should replace. We'll make some pitches. We'll make some debates. And then by the end of this episode, we will have a new list of 10 games. So yes. here's what we're going to do first. We are going to go through all 10 games one at a time, and each of us is going to give a one-sentence description or one-sentence summary of why that game is on our Rules. list. Yeah. So <laughs> so we're going to go in order. Uh, and number one, I'm going to throw it to you, Kirk, and then Maddie, and then I will go and we'll just kind of we'll rotate around. So, Kirk, why don't you Great. start us off?
1: Okay, so I am I am giving one sentence on why this game is currently on the list, and it has to just mm-hmm. be one sentence. That's the sure, world. yeah. What's sentence. Okay, good cool. luck. One <laughs> sentence. So my game is Disco Elysium, which I believe has been on this list since this list existed. But that's not my sentence. So. my sentence. My oh. sentence
0: is. Um, well, technically, that was part of the sentence where you said my game is Disco Elysium. Yeah, so I was just a, introducing. You haven't started it. the just, sentence yet, right?
1: Mm. So my my sentence for why this is on there is. One of the most well written and elaborately crafted role playing games ever created, semicolon. Truly a case study in masterful main character role playing, period. That's okay. my mm-hmm. sentence. Okay. I don't know if that was so, grammatically correct. Yeah, interesting,
0: correct, but it was a great interesting sentence.
3: grammar
1: in my <laughs> sentence, but sure. Yeah. Uh, I lost my way for a second there, but I found I found my way home. You found your way home. You followed the north We're star. We're really
2: invoking the podcast Just King Things yes. here uh-huh. by challenging ourselves to keep to a certain sentence length and to see how
1: how elaborate of a run-on sentence we can <laughs> <Yes>. craft. <laughs> yep. yep Maddie, yeah, I was yep. channeling Cameron when I did that. I know, Maddie
2: I number know. 2. Okay. Return of the Obra Dinn is also a masterclass in narrative, but more importantly, an example of mystery game storytelling and clue finding that I still think about every time I play a new mystery game.
1: Mm. Period. Cool. The standard by which other mystery games are judged. That's a good. one Absolutely,
2: to put it. absolutely. One of the greats. That's not part of the sentence, though. That's just that was just a freebie.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you
2: can't you can't put that on Jason, the box. I saw Return the, of the, I saw the suggested
1: Gain. game that you just snuck on there, and I was about to do the same thing. So that's that's. that's
2: <laughs> I just saw it too. Great a little behind the scenes for everyone. <laughs> we're we're a adding tease. adding games to the list as we go along. I love it. <laughs> next
0: up, we have Hollow Knight, uh, which is a game about a tiny bug who does massive things. Mm. <laughs>
1: okay, and that's enough. That's true. why it's on the list. Because like, true. who wouldn't want to play that? Um, next, we have Outer Wilds, and my sentence about this game is the best game about exploration. That I have ever played.
3: Mm. Mm. Strong. And
2: there's a banjo. Strong.
1: And there's a lot of banjo. There's a lot of beautiful music too. But really, it's that, that feeling of exploration. Mm-hmm. Maddie? I
2: shouldn't I shouldn't be uh, backseat driving any of these sentences. Who am I to add anything about the banjo Backseat. Take that yeah, out.
1: You're a professional you're a professional <laughs> editor. It's fine. It's it's a reflex. Yeah, of...
2: well, but not not in this, not in this moment. In this moment, <laughs> I have to talk about another video game. Yeah. Hades is an isometric, fast-paced roguelite in which you play as bisexual icon Zagreus and romance slash duel your way across the ancient Greek underworld. Fall in love. And fall in love with the game because it's great. I don't know. Not a great sentence, not one of my best. great game though. <laughs> yeah, I think
3: we're going back and forth
1: between saying why the game is on the list and simply describing the games.
2: So yeah, it's hard. of gotta like decide to a video do. One game or the other. review is hard because you generally need to describe what the experience of playing the game is like, but also mm. how it makes you feel to play and doing all that in one sentence. No mean mm-hmm.
0: feat. No, it's tough. But we're
2: amazing at it.
0: <laughs> Metroid Dread uh, is pretty cool, but mostly on here to make Maddie happy. That's true. <laughs>
2: I can't deny it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I would argue, maybe the best game on the list. But I didn't get to write the sentence for it. So that's why that's not officially on the record.
1: Mm-hmm. Though you did just say it, so I guess it is. it
2: is. Well, it is in general on the record. It is but it's generally not like on the, the official record, sentences that's true. Which will be written in stone.
1: So, number seven is <laughs> The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And my sentence about it is In 2022, this was the best game ever made. <laughs> and it arguably Preview still is?
3: Question mark. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Spoilers.
2: <laughs> you don't play Zelda in it, though. So,
1: mm, that's true. Uh, next, Maddie.
2: Right. Oh divinity original sin 2 is a game i should probably actually play because it's on this mm. list and i know so much about it that it's kind of messed up that i haven't bothered to install it yet
1: Period. it is pretty good though there is maybe another game you can play and before you play i can, think of play one. It. I, can yeah.
2: I can think of one that we might even talk about later on this very episode. spoilers
1: man nice. so many spoilers here <laughs> Doing a little foreshadowing. It's not a spoiler,
3: yeah, it's, it's foreshadowing. foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. Next
0: up is Persona 5. Well, you're speaking of Stephen King. Uh, yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> <A little spoiler. laughs> really big
1: spoilers that the game that we dedicated an entire month of coverage to might get onto the list of our
0: favorite games. Anyway, okay. go ahead, Jason. Persona 5 Royal is next on the list. This is a game about drinking coffee, eating curry, and hanging out in the
1: rain.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That is true. It is. It is. That is That's what's what it's about. That is beautiful about, about it.
1: And it's pretty fun. Good music. Um, And last, of course, we have Elden Ring, which is a game about accidentally falling off cliffs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. All right. Let's let me read through the full list. Let me read Read them all, Jason. Yeah, please.
0: Yeah. Disco Elysium, Return of the Obra Dinn, Hollow Knight, Outer Wilds, Hades, Metroid Dread, Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Divinity Original Sin 2, Persona 5, Royal, and Elden Ring. So those are the 10 games that we had picked in November of 2022. Now Mm -hmm. it is time for the three of us to kind of... Uh, get to the meat of this which is really debating what games should be on here how we felt about some of the more recent games that came out would we recommend them full-throatedly to anybody uh the way that we would these other 10 games and what do you guys think should we go in order or do you each want to kind of make pitches why don't we go in order let's go in order okay um so i I made a list it's just kind of a random order um, yeah i was gonna say i I mean you're
2: saying we're gonna go in order and that order is well just the order that i listed
0: yeah exactly (laughs) um
2: great so, Here we
0: go. <laughs> so we're going to go and kind of we're going to talk about games that m- for the most part came out this year, but also we're going to include a couple of games that we had reason to revisit this year for one reason or another, or were, became more of a point of discussion this year. And we're going to start with one of those, which is Cyberpunk 2077. Now, oh, we have not yet talked about Phantom Liberty and us revisiting the game. We're actually going to do that next week. But for now, I think since... uh uh, we've all been playing it, and we've all been playing the kind of the new Cyberpunk and and some of the new the the big new updates they've added. I think it's worth at least a discussion point of whether this game should be on the list.
1: So, what do you guys think? So, can I speak to this because I've actually been playing a lot of Cyberpunk. Yeah, Bunch you've, over the you've last finished week. Uh, more than either of us. More, yeah. yeah, you played a lot more than both. So of us. So, I had played through a lot of Cyberpunk last year. I think it was last year, last fall on the Steam Deck. I was streaming it from my PC. And decided, okay, I'm going to play through this thing and got pretty far in it. So I kind of got to know the main story beats. I got, I think, up to the last mission. Did a lot of side stuff, which doesn't actually take that long if you don't do all the side stuff. And was like, oh, this game is good. The writing in this is pretty cool. But playing it on the Steam Deck, I will say, now that I have gone back and played the game again on my new gaming PC with all the bells and whistles and my sweet ultra-wide monitor, Mm -hmm, that it is a. -hmm. having played it a second time is helpful in a lot of ways because it's a very dense, complicated world. I now know who everyone is, and I'm more of... Attuned to what's going on. Anyways, this most recent playthrough, which I've been doing for the past week or so um, of the 2.0 version and also of Phantom Liberty, uh, thanks to um, early access from CD Project Red, which I believe that we've all had, um, has been pretty revelatory mm-hmm. for me. Um, this 2.0, which we'll get into next week, and which I think is a pretty common sentiment online, so it won't surprise anyone, really feels like, okay here we are. This is Cyberpunk. This is kind of what it quote unquote should have been at launch. This is the finished state of the game. And it's a really, really good game now. Um, It plays great. It's really fun. They've made combat a lot more fun. There's a ton of quality of life and little polished things that are improved. But then again, it's also still the same basic story. And that story is really good. Um, I would, I think the fact that I am really considering making an argument for adding this game to our to the triple clicks picks is pretty wild given how that would have just been out of the question for a year or two just because I think both because of the state the game is was in when it launched and also just because of the narrative against the game um, so some of that is fair criticism and some is just a little bit it's unfair or it's just a byproduct of the terrible launch. But I will say, without even including Phantom Liberty, which I've played some of and seems extremely strong and is really, really entertaining and cool, Just the Base Game is freaking cool. Like, it's a really, really good role-playing game with, I think, a great story that I've just found to be provocative and interesting and funny and at times really moving, um, including one of the best uh, video game romances Maybe the best video game romance I've ever uh, experienced with a, a female V and Judy. Just incredible stuff. So anyways, uh, I think it's remarkable that this game is even up for consideration in my mind. And I do think maybe, you know, we could consider it because there, there aren't really any games like this on our list, you know? We don't really have any, like, big, meaty, sort of actiony first- or third-person, you know, mega-graphics RPGs like this, The Witcher 3. There really isn't anything like that. So... It would, it would sit in that space, and I do think that it would be a worthy addition. So that's mm. my my sort of pitch for it, uh, based on what I've played over the last week.
0: Yeah, so I'm not at a place, I'll throw to you, Maddie, in a second, but I'm not at a place where I've played enough to really be able to offer an informed opinion on this. I've only played like eight, hours so i'm just out mm. of um i'm just into the second act i'm doing a uh, quest to go find evelyn with judy and stuff i'm up to that that quest line um which actually coincidentally uh is exactly where I stopped playing the first time around in 2020, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a fun full circle moment. Um, but there are definitely parts, especially after playing Baldur's Gate 3, you really start to notice like when when a game doesn't have some kind of logical flaws, or like doesn't notice something that it should have noticed, and I've definitely had some moments like that while playing. Um, like when you'll choose um, one of the kind of non-critical pieces of dialogue like in the dialogue tree there's yellow if you're advancing the, the conversation and then there's optional things like that are in blue and if you choose one of the blue ones sometimes it'll like take the conversation in a thread but then you'll choose a yellow one and it'll act like you didn't just have that, that conversation mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. had and it'll sometimes like repeat information in a weird way there's some parts of it that are definitely still a little bit rough that said I love the new changes the new perk system and skill system is really cool finally feels like the cops actually make sense and like their actions make sense Um, it still kind of feels like it's trying to straddle the line between deus ex and gta and doesn't really land on either side like particularly amazingly there's some of the immersive sim aspects that could be better could be a little smoother um and some of the immersive and some of the sandbox aspects obviously that could be but it's definitely improved both of those um parts of the game Um, so I'm definitely not against like including it on the list, but I can't exactly, I'm not at a, I haven't played enough to be like, yeah, I can fully recommend this game and the parts I've played, I've definitely noticed like a couple of niggling flaws, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion, so I guess I'll abstain on this one.
1: I have a thought, Mm -hmm. but Maddie, I'm curious what you think, just sort of broadly about this question of adding it to the list, since we are going to talk about it in depth next week. Mm
2: -hmm. I think you should answer Kirk, because I feel almost identical to jason but i can provide right. some further details about what where i differ but go i ahead. think
1: so i think that like i think there's a lot of interesting stuff to say about this game and we're going to talk about it at length next week so i don't want to kind of rehash sure. or say stuff that we'll just have to rehash next week i think that right now for this question that we should table it and maybe consider this game again which i know it'll be in like a year but it could yeah, be that in a time. year. Like. I haven't finished Phantom Liberty, and Phantom Liberty is really, really good Like from Mm -hmm. what I've played in it. It is some of the coolest RPG stuff I've done in a long time. And we'll get into this next week because we'll both have played that. We'll all have played that more. And also, like, I think have a little bit more in-depth to say about how it compares to Baldur's Gate 3 as one Mm -hmm. type of role-playing game. But then also, I think the more both of you play, the more the things that it does very well, in particular the combat, which has become very, very fun. And just the storytelling, Mm -hmm. like the writing and the just way that it tells this cinematic first-person story. um, It kind of comes into its own, and it becomes clear that it is its own type of RPG that isn't Baldur's Gate 3. Um, But I think we'll talk about that later, and that just makes me think we should table this and include phantom yeah. liberty and maybe consider it again in a year okay pending yeah. and the answer is pending.
2: i agree i agree cool. completely because i have also noticed some of the exact same issues as jason but i want to give the game a chance to fully win me over because i actually always thought the johnny silverhand storyline was really cool even if you go it way is. the <laughs> heck back in triple click no i know history. Yeah, yeah. i listened back I to it. i remember first i played episode. 10 hours of it Way back when and thought that Keanu's Mm -hmm. performance was really cool and I'm very excited to see the new stuff, but I just don't feel totally confident about yeah. advocating we'll for
0: save it, it yet.
3: It. TBD we'll save it yeah. for next week.
2: Okay, cool. All right, cool.
0: let's keep going. Next up, we have Diablo Four, the action RPG from Blizzard, which came out a few months ago. We've all played it. We all were were, were really enjoying what we played of mm-hmm. it. This another one where I'm June. the one
1: who finished it of the three of us. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played a lot more of it after we talked. For what it's worth, but right, I never did. Because you switched classes. It. Yeah, I switched classes. I played a lot of multiplayer with friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And since I'm already talking, I'll say this is kind of a tough one in terms of how we think about the triple click picks, because on the one hand, I do feel pretty confident recommending Diablo 4 to anybody who's interested in the type of game that it is. I think it's extremely fun and playable, especially the multiplayer, multi-class experience. Switching classes was fun and taught me a lot about how the game works and also taught me that it's a better game than I had initially thought it was in terms of how creative you can be in terms of just combat, flipping around the battlefield, using the dodge mechanics, leveling up your skill tree. All that stuff feels super freaking good. However, it's not Diablo 3. There's some things I I think about it that I've kind of like, well, I missed the Diablo 3 of it all. And also, I don't know that I would personally rank it above some of the other games that yeah. we have in the running here, and the games that are in our initial top ten. I, yet I would recommend it. I, so I think it's, that's it's a tough. good
0: thought experiment. Like, look at this list and be like, would I repl- Like, what would I replace in exactly. this list? And if you can't find anything, then maybe there's no answer. I, I'm I'm with you, Maddie. I think it's a pretty strong game. I don't know if I would really like have it take any of these other games' place. So I'm not sure where it would fit on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also I also feel like these games the games where that we include on in the triple click picks tend to be more broadly appealing and I think Diablo games tend to be appealing to a certain type mm. of person who like wants a game mm-hmm. to play while listening to podcasts or while hanging out or with talking their friend, to friends or like yep, yep. watching numbers go up and I definitely don't think that's for Everybody, I mean, I mean, just as my own kind of thought experiment, all of these games, with the exception of maybe a couple like Elden Ring, I would feel comfortable telling my wife to play, whereas Diablo 4, I know she would not care about. So I, for me, that's always kind of an interesting, uh, kind of a good metric as, as a way to approach it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, we don't really have a brain-off game on our list. Our <laughs> games are all very uh, intellectually engaging, which I think are the kinds of games that we like. Well, that's not true. Hades, Hades, I think you can...
2: Yeah, Hades I would can say be they're brain-off. Hades and Elden Ring. I don't agree with that.
1: Moments. Hang on, no way. I think Hades is a much well, more engaging game thinking than Diablo. About
2: brain well, off as meaning well let me state. let me I guess let me explain yeah, what flow I'm state saying that's yeah. what I was thinking of yeah it's
1: very different so I think mm-hmm. I'm talking about a podcast game like a game where you mm-hmm. just are like I just want to veg out I don't want to think about it too much I just kind of want to watch some numbers go up and in that case I think Hades and Diablo 4 are actually very interesting comparison points since they're both isometric sure. action RPGs Hades is very difficult and requires a lot of intellectual engagement at least when I play it like I'm not in that I'm not to a place where I can just space out and play that game I have to really think about what i'm doing my build my what you know what's coming up in the next room because it's a roguelike it's very unforgiving where diablo i mean if you're just unless you're taking it to a really high difficulty level it's really just pretty much cruising around hitting attack especially with some of the builds (laughs) like the build that i made for my sorcerer eventually was just i had one spell and i had just maxed out that spell to the point where i could just crush anything and i just kind of chilled out and beat the whole game. Now some people really like that. I think this was actually a thing that I've seen people saying about Starfield as well, where we were looking mm-hmm. for something like Outer Wilds. We want a game that's going to really engage our curiosity and our you know make us really think and, and kind of go, like meet it halfway and we get a lot out of that because those that's those are the kinds of games that the three of us really like. And I think the list is indicative of the games that we like, and so because of that Hades is a better fit for this type of game for our list than Diablo 4, even while Diablo 4 does have uh plenty of things to recommend it
0: okay so mm-hmm. i don't i think we're all in agreement that diablo 4 does not make the cut as much nope. as we enjoyed that game
1: sorry lilith you were a cool villain
0: <laughs> next up the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom all right. um, <laughs> i mean did, is, there,
2: <laughs> is there much game. to say we all here hated it. What a piece of crap this was, biggest disappointment of the year. <laughs> is there a way to
1: put to replace something on the list and add a little asterisk that's like, but you should still play the game that it's replacing? Because I mean, obviously we're we're strongly considering replacing Breath of the Wild Breath with of Tears the of wild. the Kingdom. Um, and mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, I think, as we've all said in different ways, is you know, a pretty straight up upgrade over Breath of the wild. It really adds a lot Heck of yeah. interesting ideas. but I do still think Breath of the wild, has a lot to recommend it is an extremely good game and i don't know like i i i struggle with imagining a world where no one plays Breath of the Wild because they only play Tears of the Kingdom and I'm very curious what that will look like over time
0: but it, this isn't a, a list that is like you should only play these 10 games it's no, a it list is. that is like it is if you, you can only
2: play these 10 and if you play anything else <laughs> snipers are positioned you're right you were right Jason that is very
0: true <laughs> if you if you meet, if you you meet met someone at the bar somewhere and they're like oh you're a video game podcaster what 10 games should I play I've yeah. never played a video game before you would recommend <laughs> these 10 That'd games really and I think that right Right, right, right to, to me it seems like exactly. a pretty easy a pretty easy mm-hmm. substitution any any disagreements
2: i'm for it i also Personally, like Tears of the Kingdom better yeah, and have I played mean, it way more. I think we so just in is a better game. I like it more anyway. I, I like it more. I, like it more. Yeah. I gotta say, I simply enjoy this. As we game. got into
1: on our Beans cast, I think, yeah, I f- I I think, think the way that we that, we that game thrilled that us and the ending of it, I think the narrative was so good. Mm. The narrative was so good. That was a big thing that really took it over the top. Yeah,
0: just a total upgrade. Okay, next up we have Octopath Traveler 2. Is this, did either of you play this or was I the only yeah, one? Yeah, I played it. You I played, played a, little a bit. chunk
1: of it. And I really, I mean, I am very frustrated by the fact that I haven't played more because I really do take you at your word that it's one of the best games of the year and one of the best JRPGs you've ever played. And like, that means a lot to me. Like your recommendation on it means a lot. And I really, really like what I've played. So mm-hmm. I'll say that, but I've only played, you know, five or six hours. Okay.
2: Yeah, I haven't played it at all, but I do feel like I should, at the very least, for Game of the Year consideration at Polygon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like For my my other job. Are there <laughs>
0: other advocates of Octopath Two at Polygon? I hope. There
2: oh, are. A- you know there are. Okay, of course good. there yeah, of course. are, and and I I trust you too, Jason. It's just. I'm sure even for me, I'll find something to enjoy there. So maybe that's a TBD. Maybe but we I, kick I can't. this
0: kick this can down the road. Yeah, I mean, I do think, I think Active Path Travel 2, it's a really special game. I think that, I imagine that a lot of people saw that and were like, oh, I didn't really love the first one, so I'll skip this one and count mm-hmm. me in that boat, only to then discover that, holy shit, this is one of the best games ever because it improves upon the first game in some transcendent, transcendent ways. But, we can kick that can down the road, uh, TBD. Can I do? No, can I one. throw a
1: quick thought experiment at you to chew on sure. for when we do pick the can back up when we get farther down the road? Sure. It's that we have one uh, Japanese role playing game or. Japanese-style role-playing game on this list, and that is Persona 5 Royal. True. And yeah. I, I would be curious, especially if we all managed to play it, to right. hear that debate because we are yes. Persona 5 likers on this podcast. But I yeah, could also are. see something coming along and knocking it off. I would say that Persona 5 is maybe in one of the weaker positions on this list compared to mm-hmm. some of the other it's games. It's an
2: older game compared to some of these others, for one. And, and maybe Octopath Traveler 2. I mean, Jason, I'm curious what you're going to say. Do you already think it could replace Persona?
0: Well, they're such different games, it almost feels right. to mm. me. Despite them both being role-playing games made in Japan, I don't really also think Also true, it could just replace something Well, else. no, I'm not necessarily saying. Like, one could definitely replace yeah. the other. I just don't think you can make a one-to-one comparison of like, well, this does what it's... Like, they well, both no, try to right. do such different things um yes mm. uh see that
2: makes me more excited to Octopath,
0: try I mean Persona 5 Persona 5 is a game about um rhythm and like following a routine and structure and school life and all these other all these interesting themes about like like youth and independence and all that good JRPG stuff Octopath 2 is nothing like that it's a game about exploration with a and d party and like um, an interesting, just kind of like save the world. Well, not even save the world. Mm. Like a bunch of vignettes and like um, kind of interesting stories. And it's it's just a completely different game, despite the fact that they both have turn based combat. So it's as uh, I don't know, as like it's the same as like comparing Persona Five to Baldur's Gate Three, just because they both use turns in their combat. They're just so drastically <laughs> different that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's this is a TBD. We'll we'll yeah, save yeah, yeah. this for next time along with Cyberpunk. Cool. Speaking of Baldur's Gate 3, next up we have Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I think this is another kind of, seems like another easy swap where Divinity Original Sin 2 has been superseded by its successor. But what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, can we talk a little bit about Baldur's Gate 3? Just because I finished the game since we last talked about it. No, we haven't it. talked yeah. about
2: that enough. Yeah, so we've we never should definitely... talked about it. <laughs> well, I haven't talked about
1: finishing it and playing all the Please. way through Act 3. Because when we're, we last left it, basically saying, oh, well, Act 3 is kind of messy. There's bugs. We're not really sure how it's going to turn out. But we love the first two acts. But now that I finished it, I, I think I can pretty authoritatively, authoritatively say, at least for myself, um, wow, what a game! Like top to like top to bottom, start to finish just an incredible, incredible game, great endings, great writing throughout, really cool choices that you have to make really throughout the whole game you 're kind of always in the process of changing. Your mind and changing your character's self and making these decisions it's, it isn't like you just get to the end and then you choose which way you're going to go though of course there are some major inflection points in the narrative um, so yeah it was. I really just found it incredible through to the end and think they've gotten Act 3 pretty patched up and have fixed a lot of the issues though of course there are still plenty of bugs and I do think yes uh, this is a pretty easy one to one swap for Larian's previous game Divinity Original Sin 2 as much as I love that game
0: Maddie, any any thoughts from you?
1: You still got to play a lot
0: more. I mean, this
2: is the only one of those two I've played, but I have played enough Baldur's Gate 3 to feel pretty confident in advocating on its behalf, especially when I look at its position compared to the other games on this list that I have played. And also knowing just from hearing about it from other people besides just you two that divinity original sin two has just as much of a learning curve if not more than baldur's gate three does and that was one of my complaints as the person who wasn't familiar with larian's games heading into those episodes was that learning how the game worked just from a moment to moment level was very hard. And and with that in mind, I have learned how to play Baldur's Gate 3. I now enjoy it significantly more and can't recommend the RPG of it all enough. So yeah, I definitely feel confident replacing an older Larian game that is either just as hard or even harder to learn how to play. With something that is is more accessible to a modern audience and and I know has a lot to recommend it.
1: Right. Just as hard to learn to play and crucially lacking in a lot of the role playing stuff that makes Baldur's Gate 3 so special and cool. Yeah. So, okay, easy swap
0: Baldur's Gate 3 for Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, all right, next up we have Hollow Knight Silk Song, um, which of course came out. <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe that just came out and we played the easy whole swab, thing. Wow, we easy Hollow Knight Silk Song for Hollow upgrade. Knight. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> um, all right, next up I'm going to throw a couple of remakes at you guys that came out this year and were both well received Dead Space and Resident Evil 4. Both remakes of great games, both great remakes. Do either of them make our cut today?
1: I don't think so.
2: I really wanna put a horror game on our list. But right, I feel we don't
1: like we don't have a
0: horror we, game. We
2: like them though, and mm-hmm. we do talk about them. And if I were to pick between these two which which have similar constructions, with one having been influenced so clearly by the other. And the Dead Space remake is probably what I'd go with. I I've, think so I've too. thought about that game a lot since I've played it, but it's legit hard to think of what I would take off. Like at this point, we've done some some easy swaps, but now we're entering the difficult territory where I'm like, "But I don't want to take any of the games yeah. off because they're all so darn good. What am I gonna do? Take freaking Elden Ring off the list? That's crazy. I can't yeah. do
1: that. I don't. I mean, we don't have a horror <laughs> game, and I think that's okay, only because we talk about them some on the show, but not a lot. Uh, Maddie, I know you and I kind of. Play more horror games, I think. But then we really talk about very not Jason's jam. Yeah, horror is not my. This is not my
0: genre. Mm-hmm. It's very much. And you I too. know,
2: I know. We we had you play these two games, Jason, and you thought they were fine, but they didn't sweep you off your feet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had finished Resident Evil 4 way back in the day. Um, Of course, So the remake was familiar territory. And yeah, I thought Dead Space was good. I just had no urge to keep playing after I played for Mm -hmm. the podcast, which generally is just a sign that I just, okay, Luke Warham on a game.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: But if you two felt strongly about including it, I would certainly I don't think we do.
1: Um, the horror game no. that, that sticks with me the most over time is that game Soma the frictional mm. game's game that's Soma that's a cool game are you proposing um, Soma
0: for the list for I'm the not I'm just throwing back. it out no. there because this
1: this caused me to think about horror in general and well what's the horror game that if I were just going to recommend to anybody and I don't know mm-hmm. if it would be that one necessarily but just because of the story the story is so genuinely unsettling and interesting I think about it all the time just because, I don't know, like the, like that idea, the idea of transferring your consciousness and of the kind of possible horrors that that could lead to. Like that just comes up in a lot of the media that I watch and a lot of sci-fi and it's explored mm-hmm. so effectively in that game. Anyways uh, just kind of a, a random thought there that that, that horror <laughs> game more than any other horror game really
0: just yeah, sticks with me. Yeah that's a
2: cool horror game It is. It's true. Yeah but this isn't our best horror games list now yeah. is Alright Soma <laughs> will be
0: replacing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom um, Okay yep, let's all keep agree. going we have a couple <laughs> of more contenders. Um, next up we have Star Wars Jedi Survivor which is an interesting game i think it's a game we all enjoyed it's also a game that was marred by technical issues on the pc um i played it on ps5 and it was like totally fine but a lot of people have complained about the way it is run on pc um and uh yeah i mean it's a it's certainly it's a good game is it something it is worth is it worth considering for this Mm. list
2: I'm going to say this is similar to the Dead Space remake for me. It's not a horror game, but it is a game where it's like, it's number 11 on the list. I enjoyed the heck out of my experience with it. It's just not quite enough Mm -hmm. to replace some of my all-time faves. Like Again, at this point, you're competing with the Elden Rings and Metro Dreads of my heart. You're competing with games by which I compare all other games. Mm -hmm. And is Star Wars Jedi Survivor one of those no <laughs> right it
0: because it's, it's, it's not what enough you know. i mean it's not enough to yeah. be just a good game for this list That's... yeah
2: it's not for this right. list right, right. it it's, is enough it's... to be just a good game in life right you know or congrats maybe maybe it'll make one of our top you 10 were a good lists game.
0: yeah it is congrats yeah. to them maybe it'll be enough to maybe it's good enough <laughs> right. to make one of our top 10 lists but that doesn't mean it's mm. a but this a is an pick.
2: all-time list exactly but, exactly yeah so it's not just 2023 we're talking about here
1: yeah. I mean it's that's the harder. thing is if a person was sitting down with uh, some kind of personification of the three of us named Triple Click <laughs> some hor- <laughs> horrifying <What? laughs> Homunculus An AI out of our, it has just
2: our created. different appendages like uh and it's constantly fighting with itself over sweet. It's like kill
1: me, but also play Hollow Knight It's good. <laughs> so basically if that if that horrifying creature was, was recommending games, I, I can't really imagine it being like the first thing you should play is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. A game that I would call competent inspired at times, and also a game that I lost steam on for technical reasons I was playing on PC that they finally issued an update that I think mm-hmm. makes it better it's never going to be great on PC it's always going to kind of have that stutter but I think it's better I played a little bit of it and I picked it up and I was in some base kind of running around and I didn't even really remember what was going on so that made Oof. me both realize, oh, I'd have to start this over, which I would do. It's pretty fun. Maybe sometime mm-hmm. when I have more time, which will be never. But mm-hmm. also uh-huh. that if you start a game and you have that <laughs> feeling and it isn't like, oh, man, I'm so glad to get back to this because I really wanted to know what was going to happen next. It's kind of a sign that the narrative has, you know, uh, has, has like lost steam, which I think mm-hmm. that it just feels like this game runs out of steam after a certain point. So, yeah, no, I, mm-hmm. I don't think we put it on the
0: Well, list. there's only so much Star Wars one can, one can, only so many Star that's Wars true. stories one can take, especially after Andor, like comparing everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's um, all true. right, a couple more potential contenders um, Case of the Golden Idol. This had come out, I believe, by the time we were talking about last year's list, but since then yeah. it's gotten a couple of DLCs and it's also Which are great. been a game that mm-hmm. we've d- kind of discussed and had more time to mull over and let sink in with us. This is a very strong game. This is, of course, a mystery game where you are kind of this omniscient uh, narrator uh, or observer on a bunch of tableau scenes that are murders, and you have to figure out what's going on. And it's just got this very unique deduction mechanic where you kind of learn things about each scene by examining people's uh, inventories and like things or objects around the world, and you you collect. Nouns and verbs, and then you have to use them to kind of fill in these Mad Libs style uh, descriptions of what happened. Um, I think I'm the only one who's played all the DLC, and it's all been fantastic. So it's been a game that has been like consistent. Like I've been playing it throughout the year and still enjoying it. So it's stuck with me. I'm still waiting on the last
1: DLC, but I played the first one. Fantastic,
0: and it's connected to the first one, so you'll really enjoy it. So I actually, I think it could be a strong contender. Um, And I'm gonna have to think for a second about. What it might, what I would suggest to replace, but you guys give me give me some thoughts while we while we mull this over.
2: I'll say I think it could replace Obradin at least mm. in my heart, which I realize is a controversial statement in this group. No, of no, people. no, say more. But I feel like the experience of getting to the end of Obradin involves some wild guesses, or at least it did for me, and that entire experience. I think was fantastic, but it had a few moments in the end where I kind of felt like the guessing wasn't as fun as it could have been in terms of putting clues together and deducting from the information that you have, which I think is a very difficult thing to design for when you have limited clues and you're looking at all these historical documents and situations. And I think golden idols design made that experience both more difficult as the game goes along and also more rewarding when you made a guess that was right, because it would always be clear why that guess was right. Even if in the moment of you guessing it, you were like, well, this is crazy. You could always then be like, wait, but it makes sense though, once it had been confirmed. And that sensation, I have found myself comparing other games to it, thinking about it as an example of a mystery game in much the same way that I once did with *Oberdin*. It, I just feel like it improves on some of those core conceits that I had complimented *Oberdin* for so much over the years.
0: Interesting, Kirk, any thoughts.
1: Um, I don't think that that's as crazy of a of an idea as I might have thought. Like *Oberdin* is an amazing game, but it is kind of interesting to compare the two. And really, like I don't know. I could kind of see, um, I could see *Golden Idol* being a bit of a more approachable game. Like yeah. I, I just because it's it doesn't have the first person part, it's not quite yeah. as mysterious. They do a little more scaffolding and they help you through it. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm really torn. I, I don't necessarily think we should replace Oberdin, because Oberdin has a magic that I don't know that Golden Idol quite has because Golden Idol lays so much out for you. So it's a it's a more difficult decision than I would have thought, and I I don't know. I don't know. What do you think?
0: So I don't necessarily think one has to replace the other just because they're similar types of games. I think there are other games on this <sighs> list that I would maybe be inclined to replace uh, with Golden Idol. Um, I think. Yeah,
2: we haven't yet advocated for what we're taking off the list. We do do that sometimes, where we come in and we're like, guess Persona. <laughs> it's tough because, yeah, like, I, I think
1: mean- when you have ten games and two of them are like, our you know, media halfway mystery games. solving yeah, logic puzzle true. games. It's tricky. It's true. Just because like, you know, we don't, for example, have a Witcher cyberpunk style RPG on this list, like at all. Right. And, but yeah. you know, then again, it's our list, so we can do whatever we want with it. So yeah, they, that's not totally off base or anything.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. I, I. But the thing is, the thing that really is kind of a hiccup for me is the art style, which I know will turn off a lot of people. And even though I got used to it, it's still pretty off-putting and unsettling and disconcerting. But yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see Golden Idol replacing Persona. I could see it replacing Hades. Yeah. Those to me feel mm-hmm. like games that I would, wouldn't mind see going. Uh, to me, Oberdin is still as incredible as it was, and I feels timeless in a way that yeah. I, I wouldn't want to lose it. It's just such it. a special game that like is unlike anything that have right. been done. Prior. let's
1: put a pin in it and once we're kind of looking at what we're taking off and what we're putting on okay then maybe mm-hmm. if there's a little space we can think about adding it because i do think okay. it's very it's very borderline and i agree with everything you're saying
2: mm-hmm. and i do feel like persona 5 royal is in a Interesting spot, and, I, and I think you saying
1: Hades is also kind of interesting. I could see Hades mm-hmm. coming. Up. Let's
0: get to the next contender, and then we'll talk through the whole list. So the next contender yeah. is Marvel's Midnight Suns, which you guys, yes, which you guys Love. are both
1: super high <laughs> on.
0: That came that actually came out in December, so right after we recorded. Right, no, I'm really glad
1: the last that we put it on this list because I think it absolutely deserves. Consideration. I put
2: it on because you shouted out Lilith in the Diablo section and right. I was like, Lilith? Well, how could we forget Lilith's debut in the world <laughs> of video games as the antagonist of Marvel's Midnight Suns? Uh, which I, I can't recommend enough. I mean, to me, I could easily replace Persona 5 Royal with this because this is the turn-based, party-based narrative game of my heart. Mm. This is Wolverine joins a book club founded by Blade. I mean... Even if I weren't really into Marvel comics, I would think that's adorable. If only, it's... if
1: only you could pause cutscenes. I think that 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 replacement is a really provocative and interesting call. Like, like I, I'm not opposed uh... to that. Just because Persona Five Royal, it's great, but like, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of like. <laughs> <laughs> creepy, like hooking up with your teacher and stuff in that game too. And Midnight Suns is just, is, is that's got magic. Yeah, well, man. The I mean, nice. only thing they're I have to say games. about
2: Midnight Suns is like, yes, it's going to start slow. There's going to be a lot of Doctor Strange and Tony Stark stuff at the beginning and you're going to be like, why mm-hmm. did they start with these two characters? Is it just the strength of the MCU of it all? Why mm-hmm. did they think I wouldn't be willing to go along for a story about Peter Parker and Wolverine or something? Right. I would have been. And I do think that was a mistake on their part. It's always hard to recommend a game that has a slow start but you know what else has a slow start persona 5 Royal.
3: So, yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a game that doesn't uh-huh. even start until you're about 10 a slow hours start and in. a slow end <laughs> <laughs> and a slow middle
1: <laughs> are
0: you both in favor of adding midnight suns to the list i don't i have I to love have it so much because I, I know you enough. do
2: jason i haven't played
0: enough to, to wait i
1: kind of love it i kind of love it i'm kind of on board i would kind of be on board With replacing Persona 5 with Marvel's Midnight Suns.
2: I really love it. I really love the game. I think it'll probably always be in a weak position on this list because Jason hasn't played it, but... No,
1: I have have played it. I I have played it. Yes, that's true. It deserves some recognition for being as awesome as it was. Like, having played through the entire thing all the way to the end, I really think that it's a better game than a lot of people even realize. Like, people who didn't play it, just because it didn't get as much discussion in as many places maybe and putting it on this list does feel like it it honors that because it's really a very special game
2: it's very special and the combat is freaking great Yeah,
1: and it's fun as hell it's really fun
0: here's a potential version of the list with four substitutions here one, Disco Elysium. Two, Return of the Oberdin. Three, Hollow Knight. Four, Outer Wilds. Five, The Case of the Golden Idol, replacing Hades. Six, Metroid Dread. Seven, Tears oh, of man. the Kingdom, replacing Breath of the Wild. Eight, Baldur's Gate 3, replacing Divinity, Original Sin 2. Nine, Marvel's Midnight Suns, replacing Persona 5 Royal. And ten, Elden Ring.
1: Wow. Wow. I don't hate that list. And I also, um, every time we do this, I try to really embrace not being precious about it and would encourage listeners to also embrace that, that... Change mm-hmm. is a part of life, and it is kind of fun to just <laughs> throw things out and change them. It is, and like it's I just understand. a list. It's a video game list for a podcast. So in the end, um, it change is probably good, and I I don't hate anything about that list.
0: I think mm-hmm. a- another factor here is that Hades two is is imminent. Mm-hmm. It's coming into mm-hmm. early yep. access early this year, point. and yeah. very Persona point. Persona Six is probably coming in the next couple of years as well. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe we can give those Some series of this is a little updating
2: break. Our list with newer games and mm-hmm. and games that are more a part of the conversation and also advancing ideas introduced in the older games mm-hmm. and. That's so exciting. yeah, so we that's do. So
0: we do have. If we make those changes, we do have two logic puzzle games plus like Outer Wilds, which is sort of a logic puzzle game. But hey, that's mm. those are the types <laughs> but, of hey, games we us. all love. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it really does
1: reflect the kinds of games that we love. I think okay. it would it be does. yeah a good list for us. I think okay. we do it. I think
0: that's is a good list. So this is our final Heck list. Yeah.
1: All right. Can I read them in yeah, order? Please, please do. Yep. Okay. In order: Disco Elysium, Return of the Obra Dinn, Hollow Knight. Outer Wilds, The Case of the Golden Idol, Metroid Dread, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel's Midnight Suns, and Elden Ring. I mean, 10 good video games to me. 10
2: amazing video games. Awesome. (laughs) We got a list. All right. Black video Smoke games are good. It's
0: coming from the chimney. We have a new triple click <laughs> picks. It has been <laughs> selected. Um, we are kicking I'm making a note that the next time we do an episode where we talk about triple click picks, we will discuss Cyberpunk and mm-hmm. Octopath Traveler 2. But yep. in the meantime, that, that is our list. All right, let's take a break and then we'll be back with one more thing.
3: Uh,
2: this is Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cation, And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun. And it's very exciting because what do we talk about? Comedy. Stand up comedy. We both do stand up comedy and have since the dawn of Christ. Well, Jackie. Is that offensive? It is offensive to me because you've aged me. <laughs> uh, we started in the late 80s and we're still here. You can't kill us. So go to The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun and listen to that.
3: Jackie and
1: Lori Show. show. New episodes Monday only on MaximumFun.org
3: Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every
0: Friday right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a
1: review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up and we're going to cover all of it.
0: You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful,
3: fart jokes along the way.
0: So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap
1: podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. And we are back
0: for one more thing. Kirk, why don't you kick us off with that provocative (laughs) title?
1: Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have a podcast recommendation. This comes courtesy friend of the show, Justin McElroy, who he recommended this on His wonderful games podcast, The Besties, last week. I had heard about it before. I think I maybe saw it in the Pocket Cast's recommendation, but then, and it has a very memorable name, which I'm about to say. So when he said (laughs) that he loved it and had not laughed so hard at a podcast in a long time, I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this. So I listened and it is wonderful. The podcasting question is called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding? (laughs) And um, it is a podcast about two, well, really three women trying to answer the question, who shat on the floor at our wedding? Um, Karen Whitehouse <laughs> and Helen McLaughlin are the couple who got married in question. They were married in 2018. And at their wedding, a their, uh, turd, a mysterious turd was found in the bathroom <laughs> on the floor. And uh, its not it was not clear immediately who was responsible for it and so their friend lauren kilby who is honestly one of the funniest people i've ever heard on a podcast just they just happen to be friends with this hilarious lady takes on the mantle of detective though she is not a detective (laughs) at all and the three of them set out on a true crime adventure to answer the question who shat on the floor At my wedding. And I have not listened to the whole thing. I have listened to a few episodes. Um, I have laughed very, very hard at it. Um, it's just one of those shows you start listening to it. You think you're, you know, you're like, all right, well, this is going to be funny. And then immediately they're, they're such funny people. They're kind of in the height of like pandemic delirium. So they're like really just having a good time cracking each other up. And, um, Uh, The detective, Lauren Kilby, is so funny and so good at playing it straight, like pretending that she really is a detective on the case. But I mean, honestly, I can't even... Try to describe why it's funny. I think people should just listen to it. If you're looking for a very, very funny um, true crime podcast that is, uh, you know, very much a send up of true crime while also having an actual mystery at the heart of it, um, I just can't recommend it enough. It's so, so funny and uh, and just really great. Does it? Do you know if it
0: has a satisfying ending? Like, do they figure it out at the end?
1: I don't. You know? I'm assuming that they do, but okay. I, I don't know. I really t- couldn't say where it's going to go at this okay. point. They've <laughs> okay. like brought in a lie detector. Oh man, like it's, <laughs> it's going off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's man, I will totally listen to this. But really it's I think this is going to be one that's about the journey either way, okay. but it will definitely definitely make you laugh if you're looking for something funny. Okay. So yeah, that's Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. It's just a podcast. It's on all the podcast apps. Um highly recommended, very funny show. Maddie, what's
2: your Amazing. one more thing? My one more thing is a television show called Spider Games that was released in 2001. <laughs> And I've, seen, was, I've seen some <laughs> of your
1: Blue Sky posts about this.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I posted on Blue Sky, which is a social media website that I'm on, I guess, uh, about how somebody should make a version of the television show Succession, but it should be about who is going to replace Bobby Kotick if he were actually going to step down in Activision Blizzard. And somebody responded to me to recommend this television show, Spider Games, which has that exact premise it's just that it was made in 2001 and it's about a fake video game company called spider games that's spider with a y okay, good.
3: i was hoping and you would spell it out for people because that's to, a very I important to part of so understanding can this, show. this.
2: Although they could also just go to the YouTube channel of a user named Spider mm-hmm. Gamer, for whom this is almost the only thing they've ever uploaded, aside <laughs> from the real world movie from that same time period. Funny. This is not a good television show, but I have laughed extremely hard at it, and Perhaps more importantly, it is weirdly similar to Succession to the point where I really want someone to ask, is Jesse Armstrong his name? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who is the showrunner of Succession? Yeah, Jesse Armstrong. Uh As to whether he has at least seen Spider Games, because it does have uh, a fatherly patriarch Uh who is... Uh, engaged in some shady deals, he's he's a bit more of like a Russian mobster on this show, as opposed to whatever Brian Cox is doing on Succession, which is just being Shakespearean and terrifying. Uh, He's he's much more of like a mob boss figure, Uh, but he has four children and one of them is a woman who is functionally Shiv, and the other three are characters who are basically Connor, (laughs) Kendall, and Roman. And sometimes the roles change around a little bit, but they're so incredibly similar that it's uncanny at points, and it makes me want to do some sort of elaborate video editing project where I like put all the audio Uh from Succession over footage of Spider Games. It's terrible. No one should watch it. But again, I've been laughing really hard at it, and I'll just read a quote from it. There's a point where the, the Chivroy character. Um, gets attacked at night in her office by a man who turns out to be sort of the Tom Womsgams figure who seduces her, and she says while brandishing a knife at him, "Who sent you? Nintendo, Sega? And <laughs> if that doesn't sound like a show you want to watch, then I don't know what you're doing listening to Triple Click. Uh, so yeah, it's called Spider Games, it's, it's all on YouTube, and MTV will probably never take it down. Oh my God, I don't know that they ever should. Wow, <laughs> I
0: can't believe this even. I can't believe this existed."
2: Wow. I can't 2001?
0: Either. That's so funny. Yes. Sega so it's Nintendo. like, they'll this is refer like the thick of the Sega Mortal Nintendo Kombat being too Wars.
2: violent. And like uh-huh. one of the fictional games they're developing is called Witch Wars. Uh-huh, and there's like uh-huh. arguments internally about whether Witch Wars is too gory and whether they're going to like piss off the United States Senate or whatever. That's the kind of thing people were worried about. <laughs> 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. September 11th happened and delayed the release of the finale. Uh, you know, it was a time. Wow. <laughs> it was a time <laughs>
0: nice. um okay my one more thing is a book another book this is called number go up by zeke fowls and um so i'm going to describe this book by uh by telling you guys the premise that he brings up in the introduction which is he says he started this two-year investigation thinking that crypto was dumb and by the end of the two-year investigation, he realized that crypto is dumber than anyone could possibly
1: realize. <laughs> it
3: was That's funny. This is terrified. like Line Goes Up,
1: that Folding Ideas video with a similar name. So number yes. goes up.
0: It is this is a phenomenal book that I highly recommend. I've already told like five people in real life who I know are like have some interest in crypto in some way or another. I've told them they have to read this book because it is just incredibly entertaining and well written. Here is where I must disclose that Zeke is a colleague of mine. He works at Bloomberg, although I don't know him personally and I've never actually met him. Um, but still, full disclosure, he works with me at Bloomberg. And there's actually there's an Excerpt from the book on Business Week that will probably sell you sell you on it. If you go check it out, we'll link it in the in the show notes. I'm already sold um, on it, but go on. But so he started <laughs> off this investigation as like looking into Tether, which was which is one of those sketchy like kind of stable coin companies where they say each of their fake virtual right. currency is somehow worth a single dollar and it just explodes from there and this the as a reporter a lot of it is written in first person because he's going out and talking to people and going on these like crazy adventures to crypto conventions and to like portugal like compounds where crypto barons are having parties and then he winds up like in um well I won't spoil it but he winds up in, in <laughs> southeast asia like on this expedition to like uh, he winds up tracking down this kind of like um, uh, scam farm where they like basically are are human trafficking people into like c- coming up with those text message scams where they text you um, the wrong and, and it's like a, it seems like a wrong number and then they try to build yes. a relationship with you. The, those are like. Right. Um, and it's just a crazy ride that is just so entertaining and he's such a good writer and storyteller that it's just impossible to put down even if you like don't know anything about crypto um, it's really just an incredible book that I cannot recommend more highly because it's just it it really it not only does it do the service of just like telling an entertaining story and being well written and fun to read it also does the service of just Like deflating so much of these ridiculous crypto scammers and making you realize like, I mean, I think all three of us and a lot of people, especially people who are tuned into gaming, have realized uh, from the beginning that crypto and NFTs and all this stuff was just this ridiculous scam um, that had no real world function and was just kind of a disaster that that like if you, you can make a lot of money but uh, if you are left holding the bag yeah. yeah you can make a lot of money in the same way that if you're playing musical chairs you can get a chair but whoever is left <laughs> standing at the end of the day is going to get screwed and this book is all about that and just really does this deep dive into that world in a way that I haven't seen anything else do so yeah cannot recommend it highly enough it's called Number Go Up, which is kind of one of the slogans of the uh, some of the crypto worlds. And yeah, it's also really sad and will make you angry because of the way that like people are taken advantage of. And, and there's a chapter about, for example, Axie Infinity, which is that game that everyone yeah, was that talking game. about for a spell. And everyone was talking about how it made people in the Philippines, like really wealthy and they were able to quit their jobs for it and of course zeke goes to the philippines and discovers that a lot of people got conned and scammed and totally screwed and and threw away their life savings because this was their one shot to like make money and it's just really ag- like uh, really infuriating uh, to read in in many ways but the book is is incredible highly recommend.
1: i i love all of this kind cool. of crypto stuff it's fascinating
2: yeah
0: yeah cool that is it for this week's episode Kirk Maddie I will see you both next week to talk cyberpunk yeah
1: (laughs) see you next week bye Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers and me Kirk Hamilton I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music our show art is by Tom DJ some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration you can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes